Are we awake out here this morning? Uh, there's some exciting stuff that happened here on stage, uh, talking about the youth here. And I just want to give God some real glory for that. And so let's, uh, let's praise him. Let's thank him. Um, it's so amazing to hear and to see. Oh, there's my stool right there. Hey, uh, I'm uh, John. I'm our pastor here at Discovery. Um, that means I get the privilege of, of teaching uh, us from the Bible each Sunday. We're going to get into that in a moment. I also have the privilege of leading uh, us as a church and to be who God has called us to be. Um, and uh, so before we get into our teaching this morning, I know we've already had a lot of talking, singing, different stuff going on. Um, but I, I need to share some things from my heart, have a little uh, heart-to-heart uh, from pastor to, to church with you. Um, for those of you that are visiting, I know I saw you that have been gone from church for a while or just visiting, um, you're welcome to listen and uh, even to participate in this, but uh, this is really uh, something uh, that I need to share with those of us who call Discovery home, for those of us who have been attending here regularly, for those of us who come uh, regularly and receive uh, from this ministry, for those of uh, you who uh, believe in our mission of making disciples, that that's what we're here for, I really want to want to talk to you for a few minutes here. Um, we as a church uh, believe that what we're all about is, is about leading people to Jesus, by is showing Jesus' love, by sharing his message uh, to people of all different generations. Uh, and as a church, uh, we, we have a big God-sized vision of not just kind of being a, a place where we come together on Sunday, but being a church that goes out and reaches the city and, and changes the world. And, and we mean that in the depths of our heart. But one thing, as a church, uh, this is not a church that is just um, a couple people uh, that are doing the work. Uh, a couple people that are serving. It's not an organization that just uh, kind of uh, runs when we give a little bit of, of money and it keeps going. Uh, as a church, we are ultimately the people. Uh, and being the church that we believe God has called us to be, it takes each and every one of us from leaders uh, on down. Um, and I kind of have a heavy heart this morning because uh, yesterday was another Saturday uh, where emails went out to parents um, and I uh, had to hear again that this morning we had to close two classrooms uh, back in our kids' ministry. I know, parents, you probably have been hearing this for the last uh, few Sundays and knowing this. That's another Sunday where we have to close classrooms. Now, uh, God has been so good to us in that we have been, uh, uh, families have been coming, uh, kids have been there. We have record numbers of kids almost each Sunday going back there. Um, and in case I know some of it, you, this doesn't really impact, uh, so maybe you're kind of shutting down and saying this, but it impacts all of us. What happens when classrooms get closed uh, is this, is that kids don't hear about Jesus or experience his love. What happens when classrooms get closed is that servants uh, get frustrated. Servants that come here and serve you don't have a place for their kids to go, and it kind of has this trickle-down effect. What happens is that families that show up uh, seeking just to be refreshed in the Lord um, instead don't have a ministry that serves uh, their kids and refreshes them. Um, what, what it means is that families that want to invite other families they start saying, you know what, I can't invite families on this different Sunday because there's not going to be kids ministry for them. Um, and so uh, this is what happens when classrooms are closed. And for those of us who care about making disciples of all generations, it's not okay. People do not get to meet Jesus when those classrooms get closed, and that's not okay with us. Um, another area that I need to, to share with us 
Um, some of you know this, but we show up here uh, at 10 o'clock, and by design, we hope that you show up to a place that welcomes you in, refreshes you, um, where you just show up, are able to sit in your seat, uh, hear God's word for your life, uh, to be able to sing and worship and glorify God, to be able to put your kids back there. But there are servants that show up, um, and always have been in this church, from 8 a.m., um, and stay after till sometimes 1 p.m., um, setting everything up. Everything here, if you came in at 8 a.m., would be a blank slate. Nothing is here, from signs in the parking lot to things on the stage or this or that. And sometimes there's been people that have been, been serving faithfully. Right now, um, when I look at our serving crews, we're down to about four or five faithful people that show up Sunday after Sunday. And they do it, and they don't say a word about it. Some Sundays they have help. Many they don't. And they don't say a word about it because uh, they're servants in their heart. And they just want to make sure that people get welcomed in, that people are able to get their cup of coffee, that people are able to come and to, to hear God's word without thinking about the work that goes into it. And so they just serve and get tired, and I can see the wear on them. They won't say anything, but as a pastor, I need to. Church, um, God leads us in ministry, but he uses us as his people to make it happen. And if we want to see these things in our church, it takes us coming together. And right now, some things are broken that need to be fixed. And I don't know exactly where you are in your life right now. This is what we're going to do this week. I'm going to get our leaders together. Even starting today, we're going to get some kids' leaders together. We're going to talk about what's going on here. I always look at the leadership first and say, are there things we need to do to re-strategize, to do things better? But I'll tell you, whatever strategy comes out, it can't happen without a pool of people who are willing to serve, who believe in that mission, who want to see it come forward. And so uh, what we need is people who are willing to say, you know what, I care about the mission. I received from this church, and I feel God calling me to be a part of this church. And for those of you in Discovery Kids, I'll be honest with you, what we, we, we don't just want a few warm bodies that go and kind of babysit our kids. We want people who will lavish love on our kids, who will uh, see, like Jesus saw, that there's a purpose uh, in our children and that he wants to grow them up, that won't hinder them from coming to Jesus even at a young age. Those are the kind people that we need teachers we need helpers we need people if you say well I'm not a kid person maybe God would grow you in your heart uh, for that and he will use you in that area so don't just dismiss it uh, but if, if you're not then uh, we need people who will just show up if you are able to walk a few feet and carry a small object you can be used and set up and take down and, and we need you now otherwise we're going to have to look at how we do some of the things here and so we have, we have tried to get servants throughout this fall, and there's not been a response. So uh, today I'm, I'm kind of going old school. I know we have digital app. Uh, we have email. We have all of those things. Um, but here's what we're doing. We're going sign-up sheet. Okay? We're going sign-up sheet. I've got two pads of paper here. One is for kids, and one is for setup takedown. Okay, and I, I don't know exactly where these numbers are, but come from, but I, I put down we need 60, a pool of 60 servants that are willing to serve and set up and take down. Uh, we need a pool of teachers that so when people get sick in this season, we can keep classrooms open uh, because we have other teachers that are willing to step in and serve. So we have 10 teach spots for 10 teachers, spots for 20 helpers. Uh, again, that's not a strategic number. It's just what I prayed about, and God said put those numbers down and trust the people to step forward. So I'm, I'm trusting, guys. 
We want to see this ministry grow, but it's not going to be just by riding a couple servants into the ground until they quit, until they burn out, until they're gone. It's going to come from us being the church that Jesus called us to be. Let's pray. Jesus, we want to honor you. We want to do your work. We want to be who you've called us to be. We want to be that church. Jesus, speak to your people. Jesus, lead us. God, it just brings a smile to my face, knowing that you have always faithfully provided for this church. You've always provided over our 13 and a half years here. We have never been without, and I have no doubt that you are ready to provide. But I pray that you would guide us as leaders to to, uh, grow the ministries in the way that you've called us uh, to grow them. Uh, that we wouldn't, uh, if you're trying to do something in the minds of leaders and, and strategy right now, that you would help us, that you would refine us. But God, also work in the hearts of, of your people, that you would call us to be who you've called us to be. All those reasons why we would say no. Jesus, give us one reason to say yes. Because we want to honor you. Because we want to be your church. We love you, Jesus. We trust you. We trust in your provision. We know you're going to guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I'm going to pass these sign-up sheets around here. Ushers are going to make sure they keep flowing. Hey, if all the spots get filled up, then uh, go ahead and uh, keep filling them out. We can always use more people. So, um, all right, should we get into the teaching that's actually planned for today now? Some of you ready for that? All right, well, we are uh, going to continue in our Holy Spirit study, and we're going to uh, look at, and that was awesome to hear that the youth are growing uh, in this time and going about it. Hey, just keep those pads passing down the, down the aisles. Ushers will help keep them, keep them moving, okay, even while I'm talking here. Uh, awesome to hear that the youth are doing I hope you guys are growing in this. Uh, we've had lots of different opportunities. We've had our discovery group studies. We've had uh, opportunities for some of you to put in questions using uh, our app. You can continue to do that. If you have questions about anything that's said here, uh, as I kind of go through this message, if you have questions, uh, go ahead and put them uh, through uh, the app there as we continue to grow in this. We are getting to know the Holy Spirit of God. Um, but even more than just getting to know, uh, we want to uh, learn to live, to, to walk in the life that he has First, The Holy Spirit comes to uh, bring us into the new life that we have through trusting in Jesus Christ. I was thinking about it this way. Um, when I went to college, I um, went for marine biology. Hey, before I was a pastor, many of you know this, I heard me talking about it, um, but uh, I went for marine biology. And so when I went into college, I said, uh, you know, if I'm going to study things that live in the ocean underwater, it'd be good if I could go there. And, and so I decided that I would get trained to scuba dive. I don't know, any scuba divers out there? Anyone? Not too many? All right, I'm always looking for a friend to go. I see a little wave out there. All right. Um, 
if you don't know the process to learn to scuba dive, it, it goes through sitting through some classrooms, going through some work in the pool, and then eventually getting trained, and then you get certified for scuba. I actually pulled out my old certification card. Uh, there it was, 1997. Uh, there, there it was. Um, that was kind of my surfer stage, I guess. But um, anyway... We, uh, I, I learned to be certified, and then I continued to grow. I got a whole bunch of other certification as I pulled out some of my other cards. And basically what the certification said that I could go ever, I could do whatever I want. I could even save people and lead people um, uh, in that journey. And, and so I got those certifications, and I will tell you, uh, I got to see some amazing wonders. I actually brought some pictures here. Okay, these are coral reefs. If you've never been under the water, maybe you've seen it on Discovery Channel. Amazing stuff. I got to go around the Caribbean Sea, and here, here's another thing that I got to experience and see down there. Okay, sea turtle. I ended up going to Fiji in the South Pacific and got to see things like this. Amazing wonders. And I'll tell you, like, it, it's an amazing thing. I get excited about it. Um, and then I ended up doing my PhD work in the Gulf of California, and that's where I got to see some big things like this, okay, some intimidating things. Some, uh, we got whale sharks and manta rays, okay? These are the things that I got to enjoy seeing because I had gotten that certification. One more picture there, I think it's of the sharks. Uh, that actually down in the Gulf of California, got to experience that and to enjoy all of that, because I had gone through and because I had gotten that training and walked through it. Now, even yesterday, somebody asked me, so do you still dive? Um, one time in five years, does that count? Probably not. I don't get to do it much anymore. Instead, I get to stare at you guys on a Sunday morning, which is not as intimidating as sharks, I tell you. But it is enjoyable. But the reality is that just because I still have the car, I looked at the cards, I pulled them out of my binder that I have them tucked away in, I still have the certification, it's good for life, I get to keep doing it, but the issue is that I'm not doing it. There's a difference between being able to and then actually doing it. There, there's a difference between having the card and a different actually enjoying the opportunity that is given. And the same thing comes for us with the Holy Spirit. And that we, it's one thing to have the Holy Spirit, as we've been talking about. For those of us who trust in Christ, we have the Holy Spirit in us. It's a whole different to enjoy the life that he wants to bring us into. And many of us are living lives where the Holy Spirit is just kind of tucked away in a corner of our bedroom rather than living the life that we can experience in him. It's one thing to have. It's another to enjoy. And so today we're going to talk about how we actually live life in the Spirit. We're going to go to Romans chapter 8. If you want to turn with me in your Bibles there, I want everybody to, to have a Bible this morning. Romans 8, it's in your New Testament, uh, page 808. If you need a Bible, um, one of our ushers will bring you a Bible. Um, we want everyone to have one because we're going to kind of teach through this passage today. Uh, and you'll miss some things if you don't have a Bible in front of you. You can also open the app and find it there. Uh, so a little context in Romans chapter 8, because there were seven chapters beforehand. Romans is a, a book that is written to the church, to the Christians at Rome, uh, by a man named Paul. And Paul has been laying out the case of the good news, the gospel of Jesus. And he's basically said, everybody has sinned, uh, but because of Jesus, we can have hope in Jesus. This is the good news, that even though we are sinners lost in sin, Jesus came to give us new life. 
And, and Paul had just been talking about in Romans chapter 7 that even though we have Christ, even though we have eternal life, sometimes it's still kind of hard for us walking day in after day out. And in fact, Paul said this in Romans 7. He said, uh, why do I do the things I don't want to do? And why don't I do the things that I do want to do? He's talking about this thing. He actually called himself a wretched man. And some of us may feel that way. But here's the hope that comes in Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. It begins with a huge truth, and here's what it says. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. This is a huge truth for us to grab, that there's no condemnation, that we are free in Christ when we trust in Christ. The question may say, how is this achieved? Is it in our own doing? Is it kind of like scuba diving where, hey, we make the decision and then we kind of get the training and one day we get the card if we do it well enough and we pass the test? No. It, it continues in Romans 8 verse 3 says, for God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be filled in us who walk not according to the flesh but walk according to the spirit what he's saying is it's not about what we do and about what we're trying to do because we can't do it in ourselves is the work of God who sent his son that we can trust in what Jesus has done on us and for those of us who trust in him there is no longer any condemnation that is the gospel that what we are unable to do ourselves God did on our behalf and we trust in Jesus we respond to him we live according to him and the good news that we have learned about the Holy Spirit is that for those of us who trust in him, well, God gives us the gift of his Holy Spirit to help us walk, that, to experience his presence, to experience his power. For all of us who trust in Jesus, he gives us the Holy Spirit. This is the good news, the fact of freedom for those of us in Jesus. It is this, that we have freedom through the one-time sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He sacrificed on the cross, paid the penalty for our sins so we don't have to. We can trust in him. We can believe in him, in what he's done. And we have that freedom. Now, the reality is it's one thing to know freedom. It's a one thing to know the fact of freedom, but it's a whole nother to experience that freedom in our life. In fact, I gather that probably lots of us came in this morning and we're feeling kind of discouraged. We're feeling kind of down. We're, we're discouraged by uh, the things that are going on in our life. We're getting hit by the waves and we're being uh, pushed here and there by our circumstances. We're feeling defeated by the fact that we still struggle with sin after all these years of, of trying in ourselves. We still struggle with sin. And so we feel defeated. We feel discouraged. We feel riddled with doubts and questions in our minds. And that doesn't always feel like freedom. That doesn't always feel like we have no condemnation. So I was thinking about this week. I was reflecting on my own life because um, the reality is in my life, um, I struggle with those same things as you do. I know I stand up here and I preach. I lead us in God's word. I, I lead the church. But uh, I'm just like you guys struggle with discouragements and defeats and, and doubts. And so I was looking back on my life and kind of the path that my life 
looked. And I figured if I was an artist that I would paint it on a canvas. But I'm a scientist and a professor, and so I do it on PowerPoints. And so if I look back at my life and my years on life and uh, the reality of desiring to grow like Christ and follow him, it began for me like it begins for all of us with trusting in the cross of Jesus. And for me, uh, that can happen in all different ages. For me, it happened when I was a kid, that I put my trust in Jesus, uh, that I received him as my Savior, that I said, I want eternal life. And maybe some of you are there. Maybe some of you uh, have not yet made that decision. Maybe some of you did much later in life. But after accepting Christ as a child in my teen years, I began to grow in him, oftentimes slowly. But then I grew through my teen years into high school, and then I went to college. And in college, the reality is my Christ-likeness took a dip. I went to college, and I got into the college life, and I, I partied away. I put God on the shelf, wasn't following him at all, and I went back pretty far. At the end of college, something happened in my life that, that changed my life once again. And it was that my father uh, passed away. And I know for many of us, when we lose a loved one, it puts us into grief and discouragement and doubts. But for me, the way God worked in, in my life was that he, he sent me on a tra- trajectory moving upwards where, where I saw the purpose that was in Christ and uh, I wanted to follow him. And he was doing a work. I was knowing God uh, as my father and I was just growing. And my wife alongside me, but then uh, something else hit in life, um, and it was uh, that I got married, and it was a very good thing, but then about year two, three, we had our first kid, um, life got kind of wonky again. We found ourselves at odds with each other. I found myself not really looking to Christ, but just trying to manage through life and really didn't grow much uh, during that time. In fact, it was a a very deep and dark time uh, for us and where my uh, wife struggled with postpartum depression, actually to the point of being suicidal. And I was a a very uh, unloving husband during that time. And we really, um, more than just kind of staying level, we kind of tanked during that time. But God met us in his grace. And he led us out of there and he put us on a path uh, to serving in ministry. And through that, through serving and putting ourselves out there, as he refreshed us and corrected some things in our hearts, uh, we continue to grow uh, again and, and serve. And he put us in places where, God, we need to depend on you. And he grew us through that. And we saw a spirit work uh, in our lives. Uh, and then uh, as I was a pastor, at first I was just holding on for dear life, but then I had a few years where I got my seminary education, I got my degree, I, I learned how to do some things in ministry, I started depending on myself. This is what stage I would call the polished pastor stage, where I started thinking a lot more uh, about what people thought of me than about what Jesus thought of me. started living for the crowd rather than living for my God. It was just cruising along. And at the same time, serving in ministry, many people wouldn't know what was going on because many times we go through kind of this superficial life where we're just kind of cruising along, but inside we're hurting. Inside we're not uh, experienced that that life where we want to be. And to be honest, I've kind of drawn kind of a nice kind of smooth curves here. If I were to be honest with you, I think what it really looks like is a lot more wonky uh, than that. And you guys know the feelings where it's up and down and all over the place. 
Uh, but God wants to lead us through this in an upward trajectory. And in fact, I find myself standing before you as we're seeking uh, God's work in us and the Holy Spirit, as we're uh, seeking how God leads us. Uh, I, I feel in a season where God is, is growing me to a new level. Not where I don't continue to struggle with these things, but uh, that I, I'm just upward. But where I go with that depends on how I walk with the Spirit. See, here's the, the good news. If you feel all wonky and all over the place, and if you feel in one of those places, I mean, where do you feel today? There's a spot on your notes if you're taking notes. If you're not the kind of person that takes notes, maybe just think in your head. If you were to draw your picture in life, where are you? Are you growing? Are you thriving? Are you cruising? Are, are you stagnant? Are you doubting? Are you feeling defeated and discouraged? Are you really at the end of your line, wondering if God loves you anymore. Here's the good news in Romans 8, that if you are in Christ, you are in the no condemnation zone. That if you are in Christ, no matter what this week looks, no matter where you've been, you know God's grace. That he loves you. That you are not condemned. Now, if you haven't trusted in Christ, then yes, you may be under God's condemnation. You are under God's condemnation. But if you have trusted in Christ, that's the good news. Is that we are no longer under condemnation. We are free to grow in this life. But while we have the fact of freedom through the one-time sacrifice of Christ, we experience that freedom and continue to grow through the ongoing work of the Spirit. And while the work of Jesus Christ is enough for all of us, God expects us to walk in line with His Spirit as we grow and as we experience this life with Him. It begins with our mindset. Romans 8 continues and it says this, Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Mindset. What it's saying here is that there are two types of people. There are those who live according to our old flesh. There are those of us who live according to the Spirit, that work in line with the Spirit and let Him lead us into the experience of the life that Jesus died to give us. It's about our mindset, what we set our minds on. Those who walk according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who walk according to the flesh set their minds on things. What are the things of the flesh? Okay, a lot of them have to do with self. Okay, so when we look at them, they have to do with self-centered things. That it's all about me. I'm always thinking about myself. I'm thinking about my hopes, my dreams, my goals in life, my ability to do it. Self-centeredness, centered on self. It has to do with being self-satisfying. If I want something, I go and I grab it. And I will use it for my own satisfaction. No matter uh, what impact it has on other people, it's about satisfying myself and finding those things that will satisfy my flesh. It's about self-protecting. Self-protecting, kind of building those barriers that keep me comfortable, that no one would encroach upon. It's about being comfortable. When you think, what does the comfortable life look like for me? It's about living life of isolation. If it's all about myself, I don't need others. In fact, it's more comfortable here by myself. It's about serving myself and my flesh. 
It is about promoting myself at the expense of others. It is about advancing myself, my kingdom. And so when I think about my finances, when I think my, about my stewardship, it's all about getting me ahead. Now, for some of us, we begin to maybe broach out of ourself and think about our family as well. But the reality that is in Christ, it goes far beyond just those closest to us. You see, we begin to set our mind on the things of the Spirit. What the Spirit does is He always points us to Christ. We're not just getting off kind of pointed on the Spirit here. No, the Spirit, Jesus said, came to guide us in the life that Jesus has for us. So we begin to think on the things that Jesus taught us, the life that Jesus called us to live. We set our minds on the things of Christ. We begin to be Christ-centered. And we begin to think of our life. It's not just about my dreams. It's about the dream that God has for me. It's a good dream, and it's a good goal, and I want to follow what he has for me. It's about finding satisfaction in Christ rather than all those other things that we grab onto, learning and growing to be satisfied in our relationship with the living God. It's about becoming self-sacrificing, realizing that life in Christ is not about my comfort and keeping some nice little boundaries around. It's about sacrificing myself. And we learn that example from Jesus who sacrificed himself on the cross. It's about community. Even though some of us uh, may be wary of relationships and the life in Christ is about community because he calls us to not just serve ourselves but to serve others and we need to be in a community of people to be able to do that. It's about promoting Christ, being a witness for him and declaring him. It's about advancing his kingdom rather than my kingdom. It's about seeking the things uh, of him that glorify him. And that doesn't just mean missions work. That means going to our job. That means living in our neighborhood. That means everything we do, building our kingdom. But we need to look at our mindset. What is your mind set on? Is it the things of self, the things of your flesh? Or is it the things of Christ, the things of the Spirit? I like to use this test. The last thing I'm thinking about when I go to bed The first thing I think about when I wake up in the morning. What does your mind go to? Is it set on self? Or is it set on Christ? Because the Spirit wants us to lead us in the things of life, which are the things of life in Christ. I mean, those of us who are addicts and have addictions know these things. What our minds are set on. I remember back in my college days, it was on where were we going to get the next alcohol? Where was the next party going to be? We wake up hungover in the morning and start thinking about when, where are we going to go tonight? What are we going to do tonight? Week of the week. And that's what our minds were set on. For those of us who are addicted to, to other things. For those of us who wake up and are, are struggling with gluttony and finding satisfaction in food. We start thinking, where am I going to get my next meal? What's going to satisfy me? For those of you that are, are struggling with pornography, you know, kind of how the mind works, and you start thinking, hey, where am I going to get my next fix? We, sometimes we think of those bad things, but sometimes we think of kind of the, the good things as well, too. If we wake up kind of stressed out about our career, stressed out about are we going to be able to uh, pay the bills? Are we going to be able to get the bigger house? Are we going to be able to get our kids into uh, the right school? Not that all those things are inherently bad. Some of them are good. But if they are not locked in on the dream that Christ has for us, they may be 
things of our flesh rather than things of the Spirit. It begins with our mindset. Are we pursuing the things of the flesh? Or are we pursuing the things of the Spirit? Because the Spirit wants to lead us into this life. He continues and says, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. He says that those with the mind set on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. You see, those things of the flesh, even though they kind of feel like they're getting us ahead, they're actually leading, it says, to death. It's the things of Christ that lead us into life. Jesus said it this way, for those of you who want to save your life will lose it. Those of you who lose your life for my sake will save it. Now, we struggle with that, and we, we question how that actually works, but I'll tell you, a lot of those points in my story where I'm struggling, they're a lot about the flesh and seeking those things. And I'll tell you, they lead to a deathly place. But as we work with the Spirit, they lead to life. They lead to enjoying the life that we have in Christ. And God actually says that if we're set on the flesh, we are hostile towards God. That we're fighting against His work. You see, God wants to do this progressive work in our lives. He wants to grow us in Christ-likeness. But many of us keep going back to our old ways of life rather than continuing to work with him. God wants to do this. And more than that, I, I can say confidently that, that I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. He promised that he would. But many of you are feeling discouraged and defeated because you have the Spirit, but you're not walking with him. You're not surrendered to him. You're not allowing him to work. Verse 9 says this, You however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. He speaks to those who are in Christ. And he says, yes, those who are in the flesh pursue the things of the flesh, and it leads to death. But those who are in the Spirit, it leads to life. And he says, you, if you're in Christ, you are in the Spirit. You have the Spirit of God in you. And he says this, if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead will dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. We don't have to stay discouraged. We don't have to stay defeated. We need to seek where God is leading us. Many of us start living a life where we just try to manage our sin. We just try to live a safe Christian life. Those of you who are football fans are familiar with the prevent defense. Frustrates you to no end. As what, what it is is that your team has gotten ahead. Your, your team is on the path to victory. But for some reason they decide, you know what, we'll just play it safe. We'll just hope the other team doesn't score enough points. That they don't come in. We'll just try to hang on and, and make it to the end of the game that we have a winning score. Many of us as Christians do the same thing. We are ahead in Christ. But in some way, we just kind of hunker down and say, if we can just hold on till we get to heaven, then things will be better. But God, who has placed his spirit within us, has said, it's not just about holding on. 
Your life in Christ is not just about killing sin. It is about living the life that Christ has called you to live. And to advance under his power, not under your own power. It's about living the resurrection life now. The spirit who raised Christ from the dead lives in you, follower of Christ. Verse 14, he says this. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. One of the main works of the Spirit is to lead us to understand that we're children of God. We talk about the work of the Spirit to counsel and to convict and to teach and to comfort but, but we need to remember that that is all the work of understanding that we are the children of God. That he has given us a life of freedom that we can pursue him. That we can trust him. I mean, there's a difference that we know between an employer-employee relationship and a father-son relationship. As broken as maybe our earthly relationships may be. We grasp that if God has called us a son or a daughter, that he is calling us into a good life, that he wants to lavish us with love. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoptions as sons and daughters, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. It means that God wants to give his children all the goodness of life in Christ. Yes, sometimes it will come with some hardship and some suffering, but he wants to lead you in the life. He doesn't want you to be discouraged and defeated. Yes, sometimes circumstances won't go the way that you want them to. But God's leading you through it. And today, no matter how you walked in here, discouraged, defeated, down, going through the motions, just cruising, today's a new day where we're reminded that there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. We're reminded that he has given us a spirit to lead us, uh, to not just have his spirit, but to experience the life that he died to give us. But we need to Work with the Spirit. We're growing in this series aware of the Spirit. Uh, but we're also going to walk with the Spirit. We're going to let Him lead us. If you want your walk with Christ unleashed in your life, uh, there's a few things uh, we need to grasp. There's when some of us are at level one. Level one is this, that you don't have the Spirit. Because you haven't trusted in Jesus yet. You may be here this morning and you say, it, it would feel great to have no condemnation. Not just among people, but above Almighty God. To have the assurance of where you're going to spend eternity. God has promised that if you will respond and trust in the cross of Jesus. Not after you get your life right, but then allow him to get your life right. That you will have eternal life and you will have his Holy Spirit to lead you in life. Some of you have made a decision for Jesus. You've trusted in him. You have the spirit. But it's kind of like my old scuba certification cards. It's kind of tucked away a little bit. And we may have it, but we're not experiencing that life. Because there's a whole other level. And it's when the spirit has you. 
when you are led by the Spirit into the life that He has for you. Because the Spirit wants to guide you. The Spirit wants to speak to you. But you need to listen. And I'm confident that even today, that the Holy Spirit's going to speak to some of you. And He's going to lead you maybe in just some small steps. Maybe He's going to lead you into something big. I don't know. That's up to Him. But He's going to speak to you. But it's going to be about you responding to His leadership. Trusting that he has good planned for you. For some of you, he's going to speak to you and you're hurting and you're going through something right now. And he will say, go for prayer when people are available for prayer. He'll say, step forward and go for prayer. And the only reason you'll do it is because you know that God said that we're to pray for one another and somehow he works in that. Some of you have been going through something pretty deep and dark as a struggle. You have some sort of addiction that you keep grappling onto, that you keep holding onto, uh, that really has you uh, as, a, as a slave. And this morning, the Holy Spirit may say, you need to share that with somebody. You don't need to be alone in that. You're going through some tough thing. You're going through eating disorder. You're going through some suicidal thoughts. You're maybe even dealing with the wounds on your arms right now. And God will call you to share that with somebody. Maybe it has to do with serving that. You've been sitting for a while and, and getting to know his word, but he will call you to step forward and to serve. Maybe it has to do, maybe you haven't been in your Bible and God's word is for you. And today he'll tell you, open up that Bible. I don't know what he'll tell you, but I do know this, that when the spirit speaks and leads you, what our tendency is, is what it says in Romans 8, that we fall back into fear. We start thinking, well... I can't go to, for prayer because somebody might see me. Or what will somebody think of me? That, that's the fear of the flesh. And so instead we just say, you know, I'll just keep going through it on my own. We don't step forward and share with somebody because we start saying, you know, I can just grapple with myself. I don't want anybody else to know this. But the Spirit will lead you. Don't fall back into fear because you have a Father who loves you and wants to bring you into victory rather than defeat. You have a Father who loves you and has better things for you. If you will listen to what the Spirit is leading you and take those steps. Some of you have been thinking for a long time about sharing Christ with somebody. Some of you may be thinking about going uh, across the world on missions and you've been falling back into fear and not sure why. But this week you will step forward because uh, you are being led by the Spirit and God will do something in your life and lead you into what he has for you. Some of you have been holding uh, harsh words against your husband or wife, but this week you will share because the Spirit will lead you and you will actually offer a word of forgiveness or a word of encouragement. I don't know what God wants to say to you, but we're going to listen. And then for those of us who want to live the life that he has for us, we'll respond because we know that we have a heavenly Father. The Spirit wants us to know that. He wants to lead us into the life that he has for us. So let's just go before God right now. Bow your heads. God, you know our hearts, you know our struggles, you know our fears. So often, your spirit will guide us and direct us. Maybe we haven't been in tune to listening, so we haven't heard. We've just gone about life on our own, under our own power, 
under our own thoughts, under our own plans. God, we come before you today. We just say we want to hear from you. God, give us the next step. And God, we will trust you because you are our loving Heavenly Father who sent your Son to go to the cross to give us new life. We want not just to have that freedom, but we want to experience it. You sent your Spirit to guide us along the way. And so come, do your work. We confess that we have not always listened. We confess that we have been caught up in our own mess, but we recognize that you want to lead us forward. So Spirit, come, speak to your people. Come. Speak to your people. John said we want to be aware of how the presence of the Spirit is moving. We want to listen.